and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are well. So at the start of the COVID crisis, my friend Ben Gowland, who hosts the General Practice podcast, thought it would be a good idea if we got together on a regular basis and shared our different experiences and how we are supporting our clients through the COVID crisis. My role in this particular instance is as a network manager working directly in a PCN, in a primary care network, and Ben has got a different role. He heads up a GP federation supporting 42 practices made up of five primary care networks. So he is providing services at scale. I am providing on quite a large level and I am supporting a group of seven practices coming together as a local network. So different experiences, a slightly different setup, but we do encounter the same challenges and we've also just got a different take and perspective on things. We hope that you enjoy and this is the third episode that we have recorded together. The General Practice Podcast from Ockham Healthcare, supporting innovation in general practice. Welcome to the General Practice Podcast. I'm Ben Gowland. Now, today I'm talking again to Tara Humphrey, who supports primary care networks, while I'm spending quite a lot of my time supporting a GP federation. So we have one of our regular catch-ups to share our experience of responding to the crisis. Welcome back, Tara. Hi, thanks for having me again. We had to rearrange this podcast, didn't we? Because you were recording with the BBC. I wasn't, but I'm working with Dr. Fasana Hussein, who is a CD at Newham Central One. And Fasana's practice has set up a drive-through immunisation clinic. The hope is that we roll it out across the network, but she's kind of started it and it's just got all this national attention. So on Thursday, I got the call to say that the BBC were coming and I was like, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good work. I'll hold your umbrella. It was so exciting. And I think it's a really great example she said that she took that idea from a drive through hot hub. So it is something that works and then just slightly tweaking it. It's, it doesn't have to be rocket science. So for people who haven't seen it, just explain a bit more about this drive through immunisation clinic and how it works. Fazana's getting feedback that mums and dads and carers didn't want to come into the practice, obviously due to the COVID crisis. So learning the lessons from some of the drive through hot hubs, Fazana decided to pilot if mums and dads have got cars or they bring their child in a buggy, can we deliver the immunisation outside of the practice? All clinically safe. Can we either do it in the car or can mum and dad kind of come into the porch if it's raining and deliver the immunisation there? There is a, a phone call just to brief the parents or the carers on what's going to happen. And what they've managed to do is reduce what could be a 10 to 15 minute consultation down to literally just two minutes. It's fantastic. And she's got really, really good patient feedback. It's a really interesting model. And some of the presentations at general practice has been down and people aren't sure whether that's down to people just not wanting to be a burden because they know there's a big pressure on services at present or also a kind of fear of going to a healthcare provider premises. So has it helped encourage people who were maybe in that latter category to actually attend? Definitely. She's had direct patient feedback that said, if this wasn't available, I wouldn't have come. So what else have you been up to in the last few weeks? So one of the things in my Newham role, just trying to work more closely with the pharmacist and link worker. So because they are hired by the network, 
we're a little bit of a team now or trying to make us more of a team and closer working and, and getting a better understanding of what we each do because I think sometimes I'm doing what I'm doing they're doing what they're doing and there isn't always that much connection so just been really thinking about how can we get the most from this team that's been really really good have you found you've been busy with the COVID response stuff or have you found that you've started to get more time to look at what's PCN as normal type business? My role as a network manager, because of how the practices are established in Newham, they have dealt with their own COVID response apart from helping with some remote working and the continuity plans. The practices are very self-sufficient and they're just cracking on with it. So my job is to be thinking about the future and it's really basic, but just created this dashboard to say, okay, well, COVID response is covered, but we've got three desk specifications to think about. We've got finances to think about. There was an underspend on some funding. So we put in a bid for that. How are we going to develop the PCN role? So I've got my eye on maybe a couple of steps ahead and the practices are supporting the COVID response. But I know in other areas, the network manager will be spearheading the hot hub, but that's not me at the moment. How about you? So we've got obviously the COVID services, like the hot hub and the visiting service operational. And so it did for a while create a bit of space to suddenly realise we've got to the end of April, but there's a whole load of stuff from the end of last year that's not yet sorted out, plus then stuff that's supposed to be starting this year. And what is the plan with that? So it might not be starting straight away, but we haven't even agreed when it should be starting or what that plan needs to look like. So it, it suddenly started to feel like, that bit of work started to take prominence. And then up until middle of last week, when the national letter from Simon Stevens came out, where it mentioned that suddenly this support for care homes is going to be needed. And then that was obviously followed up with the letter that came out last Friday. We're recording this on Monday, the 4th of May. And so suddenly we've got two weeks to get a care home service set up, which feels like a really big ask where, where we are locally. So I don't just work with Newham. So I'm also part of the Time for Care team and we work with PCNs across the UK and I've had conversations about this and those PCNs said, we're going to push back. We can't do it. We can't turn this around in two weeks. It's really difficult, I think, because if one thing we've learned from this whole crisis is that care homes are not well served by the health and social care sector and they're not tied in in the way that they need to be. And so we have this situation where it feels like a really difficult ask of general practice at this time but at the same time we know there's a client group that are in desperate need of better care how do you balance those two things together do you think it has to be all or nothing or do you think we can work with our commissioners to say well okay we can do this for the first month and then we ramp it up do you think that is an approach well i think Different parts of the country are in different places. So some people are saying, well, we've, we've got our care home scheme in place and it actually covers everything that they're asking for, so we're fine. So for, for those people, I don't think it's even a, an mm. issue. Whereas some places where suddenly you're talking about 60 or 70 homes that aren't aligned to, say, 30 or 40 practices, and they're not even aligned to networks, let alone to individual practices, it does feel like there's going to have to be some stepwise approach to how it's done so you're not realistically going to get all those care plans written in the next two weeks and a new service put in place so how is that going to be done so what can we do what is realistic and then what would be the plan to close the gaps on the places that would be a challenge 
What advice would you give to a network trying to align care homes to their PCNs, having gone through it yourself? I used to be the Chief Executive of Federation in Northamptonshire. So I started that job in 2007. And one of the first things we did was align the care homes to the practices, partly because it was just one of the things that the practices could, could do without needing permission. And it was a very difficult process because it needed a lot of negotiation. My thoughts on going from scratch to getting something in place is to try and think about how would we get the weekly check-ins set up and what might be a team that could support that and actually provide some of the care and try and focus on that rather than the specifics of which care home links to which practice. That doesn't actually solve the problem. It's unlikely you'll end up with a solution where it's an individual practice providing the care to an individual care home. So are you saying get the team in place first that could provide the care home rather than focus on aligning the care home to a specific practice? I don't think in the timescale that's available that it's possible to get this work devolved to practices so that it just becomes an additional responsibility for a group of practices. I think there needs to be thought given to how do we not let this become a burden on practice but provides a quality service into those homes and think about how we do that. And then the alignment piece, hopefully, will be something that becomes less contentious because there's less worry about what the implications of that is once it's done. Do you think the network needs to be quite a mature network to have that mindset? It has to be a network that works really well together to adopt that approach. I still think it's an easier way of doing it because all the arguments that come around alignment come from a fear of what getting that wrong will mean. So if you can take off the table those concerns imagined into, well, this is the reality of what the delivery is going to look like. So this is the consequences, if you like, of alignment makes that a bit easier. So I think for anyone, it's a better way of trying to tackle the problem. Yeah, definitely. I think in Newham, they don't have as many care homes and they're all aligned to one particular practice. And that practice feels like they've got it under control. Whereas in other areas in Kent, yeah, it's it's a slightly different story. So you're right, it's different. But particularly for me in Newham, it's not starting from scratch And where are the networks that you're working with? What's the sort of mood in terms of the overall primary care network, Des? We've moved into the new year and so practices have got until the end of May to sign up. And it was all complicated, wasn't it, last year with the special LMC conference saying we reject the Des as it currently stands. But then COVID happened. So where are your PCNs? Where do they sit on that? So we've got a meeting this week and in other areas that I'm working in, I'm helping them with their development plans. Like it's not an issue. We've got one project where we're looking at supporting and enhancing the services for young people with mental health issues. So it is not business as usual, but they are very focused on doing what they said that they would do. I mean, I think in a way, COVID has actually made the passage for this year of the DES probably easier because it is being used as a mechanism to channel resources into general practice. And so it would seem odd then for practices to close that route for them getting resources mm. to support them through a crisis that's front and centre. Mm. The practices that I have spoken to are not as busy as they thought that they were going to be. And they've got into more of a new rhythm of work. Mm. Don't get me wrong, they're still busy but it's not manic and the CDs that I'm talking to are still got their eye on the future. So they are very, very forward thinking. I spoke with a CD today. They want to do a little bit of a review of their hot hub. It's 13 practices coming together. They've done fantastic work in 
building their hot hub up. It's not as busy as expected, but it's going well. And now they want to stop, review, get the lessons learned and the principles to support future projects. We are at that point, aren't we, where things are starting to quieten down. And so what's going to happen next? Are things going to revert to how they were before? Or are we going to be a bit more proactive in terms of thinking what's worked well and what are the bits that have added value? And not just what do we keep, but what do we want to grow going forward versus, okay, that didn't work so well, so let's stop doing that. So I I think being proactive about creating a process like that is a really important thing, potentially for all PCNs right now. Yeah, definitely. It was really nice to hear. And even though life is busy, I think it's really helpful to, to stop and reflect and review and then move forward and what was quite helpful in that conversation is that she thought that she hadn't done that much and then as we got talking she'd done all these things around making sure that in the hot hubs where it's quite a large area new teams were coming together every day so she was making sure there was a daily briefing doing their best to make sure everybody was aware of the latest updates that have come down from above making sure that induction checklist was there to make sure everybody knew what was going on she wants to know are the staff happy she thinks she said they had a whiteboard where they can ask questions and just raise any issues so I think all of that is fantastic learning and then the questions I'm starting to think about is if you've got 13 practices working together how else could they work together how else could you share this staff because she said the staff really enjoyed it so do the staff want to just go back or they may want to continue some sort of more at scale provision I think it's really exciting there have been some fantastic examples of of new services being put in place from scratch or just being an idea to actually operational within two or three weeks and I think some of the lessons about well how did that happen when we know historically that potentially would have taken months some of those lessons are the ones we really, really need to grab hold of. I was talking to people in a, in a CCG, and I think, interestingly, one of the things that I've noticed is that the relationship between PCNs and general practice and CCGs has actually improved through this in lots of areas. It won't be the same everywhere because they felt like a partnership, both working together to try and make something happen rather than feeling like one's stopping something or one's slowing something down. So I think that's been a a real positive of, of what's happened. When you look at the theory of change, I think that it sounds fluffy, but it is that shared purpose that's bigger than everybody. That's what's brought everybody together, that sense of urgency. And it's not about your practice or my practice. There is a global issue here that we need to support our residents. And that's undeniable. Obviously, we wouldn't want that to happen again. But I think one question that we should be asking as we move forward is how do we keep that shared purpose? How do we make sure that we keep that shared vision and then we can work together? We've proved that we've done it under really difficult circumstances. How can we keep that momentum going forwards? As you know, there's a guy that I love in terms of the change processes. Cotter's got his eight-step change model. So his first step is create a sense of urgency and produce this eight-step model. And then after that, he wrote another book, which is just called Create a Sense of Urgency. And what he said was, out of all those eight steps, the one that is always sped through too quickly and the one that makes the most difference is that creating a sense of urgency up front. Because if people collectively understand this is why we're doing it it does show if you get that bit right things will move really quickly i've seen also examples of where well should we put in say a service for non-covid patients and if people are less clear on why that's needed then that change has actually taken longer to get in place than the services for covid people and i think it's because you haven't got that shared sense of why you're doing it being really clear up front 
Yeah, and some networks haven't got a hot hub. They haven't gone down that route. So everyone is in a different space. So you can see on social media, the PCNs that are working together. I was looking at, I think it might have been Brent in AT Medics. They've got a series of videos of what they're doing. It's really, really interesting. And I think some crises bring people together and that has definitely done. And in other areas, a crisis can reveal cracks and it's really interesting. And I think they're just all really valuable lessons. We'll all look back on this time and think this is what we can do. This is what we couldn't do. This was the key factor in making the change. This was the key factor in not making the change. The trust wasn't there. The shared vision wasn't there. It's all valuable data. It's really, really important to try and learn the lessons of where we've got to because change never stays still. <laughs> so things will either go backwards or they'll go forwards, but they never just stay as they are. It is about having a proactive mindset from now to think about how things are going to develop going forward. Someone's saying, how do we do that without writing a really lengthy report? And I was just like, you can just all get together on Zoom, pose a few key questions on what's working well, what would be even better if, what do we want to keep? and just do it as a bit of a round robin and then write those principles up on two pages it doesn't have to be laborious yeah you don't want one person going off into a dark room it is about conversations isn't it capturing what comes out of those conversations so what's next for you then tara I think what is next for me, well, I suppose what is next for the primary care networks I'm supporting, as I've said, it is progressing their development plans. And I think in regards to the DESIS, I see my job as behind the scenes to get them ready before they need to be ready and making sure, and I'm asking the questions around new roles and criteria and how we're going to report back and is everybody comfortable in regards to training and things like that. So I'm behind the scenes making sure the foundations are there. So I'm in a really fortunate position because I get to talk with lots of PCNs. What's next for me is is taking all those questions and taking all those different scenarios and then posing them to my PCNs saying, what are you going to do when they start to introduce routine referrals? What process can we put in place i'm looking at the future what about you we've got to get through this care home piece locally that is a big challenge so i think let's work out how we're going to find out a way through that and then i think it is about how do we take forward the challenges that we were grappling with before and making sure we're using the lessons of what's just happened to to put us in a better place to deal with them and to hold the gains if you like and develop them further as, as we move forward so they're the big challenges over the next period Well, great talking to you again. Great that you are branching out as ever into new realms of media communication. So I'm sure it'll be you soon on Breakfast TV. So I look forward to that. Thank you. I'll give you a shout out. Thanks, Tara. Thank you. The General Practice Podcast from Ockham Healthcare, supporting innovation in general practice.